All right, so after the game three Miami Heat victory, LeBron James has the Twitter world and sports media world in the in the world win right now. So the game was basically oh, it was ten seconds left on the clock, and LeBron just decides to walk off the court. He's done it before. He's done it before uh, against the Boston Celtics. I forgot what game. Yeah, he he um, of course, Isaiah Thomas and the Detroit Pistons are famous for doing it. Ten seconds left on the clock. Do you personally care? I don't. Like, I think people are taking it a little too far. I do think he should have stayed on the court just for a simple fact of, I don't know. He, okay. he, it's just a simple fact of just finishing out okay, the let, game. Like, let me, okay, let me ask the question like this then. Should he, even if he walks off the court, should he walk to the sideline instead of the locker room? Uh yeah, since it's still time on the clock, at least the walk, yeah, at least walk just walk towards the bench and let him finish out all the time because it's just it's like you leaving your team behind. That's just my main thing with it. Because a couple of players, who was on the court, he was only him and Kyle. And once he left Kyle Kuzma, he he continued to walk also. I think he thought the time was gonna run out on the clock because it was like ten seconds left. It was it was ten seconds, but it was like the shot. It, it was the thing with the shot clock too. So he thought the shot clock was just gonna run out. Cause it was like a point seven difference uh, or whatever. So that I think that's also why he walked off. I think people are kind of overlooking that too. I just think walk off with your team. Yeah. And one other thing that I've seen having a Twitter world and uh, it just go crazy every time it happens. So I see you on the iPad real quick. Go back to Tyler Hero. Um, Tyler Hero. Yeah, yeah. You know, got the air one on Rondo. And it was actually was, a nice layup. It was. He got the air one. It was a big play. But of course, he was six for 20. And of course, yeah, everybody. Six for 20? I thought it was six for 18. Six for 18, my bad. Oh. Um, yeah, everybody's off. I already just see what happened last time. Like, bro, they won. Like, our Twitter was called Steph Curry. A cocky player for six straight years because he celebrated why his team was winning. Like you don't sell. I don't think you should ever celebrate while you're losing. Don't throw up a three. Don't right. do the quick wrist to Darius Miles. Double fist bump. Don't do anything. Get back on defense. Right. <laughs> like, but yeah. they they won the game. Like he, 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 it was a big play. He deserves to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what people expect him to do. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought he looked crazy, but it wasn't that nah, serious. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw, yeah, I saw a couple of tweets about the dang with the dance and the yeah. four. Man, who cares? Whatever. But yeah, on that note, I'm John W. We are the international professional podcasters, the Hoopers. So I'm gonna start with the WNBA. Actually, let's go, Stewie. We got Stewie. They're one game away. <laughs> Her getting her second championship, second finals oh. MVP, fourth championship for Seattle overall, and fourth championship for Sue Bird. People don't talk Sue about Bird. Sue Bird enough, and they talk about the great players of Bird's all time. Greatest point guard of all time in the WNBA. But I think uh, Brianna Stewart is coming back this year, and she really showed how like dominant of a player she is. It's cool to watch her play for real. Like she really got, she really got the whole package out there. She sure. can dribble, she can shoot. She can pass the ball. She's smart. And uh, you don't know she tore her Achilles uh, last year. So she missed the whole season. The year before that, she won the championship. And they beat the Mystics, the second best player in the league, I believe, is Atlanta Della Dunn. So, and uh, her year is out. And Atlanta won. Stewie back. Atlanta out. Stewie finna win again. 
So I can't wait. They both, both play healthy, again. and they. Oh yeah, yeah. I got, I got the miss. And they gotta run it back, but uh, Sue Bird. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna get back to Stewie in a minute. I wanna go to Sue Bird for a second. Uh, you know, out of out of UConn. Uh, Sue Bird. She started with Lauren London. She just moved to Lauren London. Excuse me. Lauren Jackson. Wow. Uh, she started with Lauren Jackson or whatever, and they won the first two championships. Lauren was a beast MVP player. Yeah. But Sue. So ACL one year, and that kind of made her rethink playing. Right. She but, played longer than she had planned on. I know that for right. a fact. Like, I remember she said she was going to time, but she kept playing. Yeah. But Sue, she just moved in the second all-time in the finals and assists behind Lindsey Whalen. Uh, Sue has been winning since UConn. Uh, like, she was, all, she was on a couple great teams there that didn't lose any games. And then on the Olympic team or whatever, but it was cool, uh, like seeing her. She just needed a good, a good, big, four type player with her because she won with Lauren. And then you brought Stewie back and Stewie because Sue has always maintained as getting everybody into the game. Mm-hmm. She hits big shots. She's real John Stockton like out there. A lot of people hate on John Stockton, and we ain't gonna talk about that today. But people need to stop hating on John Stockton. He didn't wear a ring, but whatever. But Sue Bird is kind of – just how she orchestrates the offense is she always makes big shots. And having Stewie, Brianna Stewart on the team, who I think she's the best player. She's the best female player in the world, one of the best hoopers in the world. It's that's just it's just a winning recipe. So I had to finish them off. It's not over. Nah, uh, Asia over. Wilson, MVP. Angel McCartney. Angel McCartney, they, they – hey, maybe they go on a high street. They got some – Angel they, – they're both hoopers also. But Stewie, the best player in the world. She's real like like she she's real like Kevin Durant. And I just yeah. want people to know this is the preview you seen of Kevin Durant. We've been married for his Achilles. Same player. Yeah, you know, we were talking about that earlier too. Um about her and Ella, how they yeah. the thing that's helped them be successful, which I hope to see more of, which is becoming a more of a thing in WNBA, but don't you know, players are coach players and coaches aren't aren't letting their side determine their position anymore. Right. Like yeah, that's true. And, and they they yeah, they learn their skills, speak for their game. And I just uh, and I uh, think us that's what's missing more than them being able to dunk. Like, right, just that versatility of the player. Brianna Stewart size can you can put her anywhere on the court and be successful. Exactly. Della done the same way. Um, Sabrina up for the New York Liberty's guard should be the same way. But she's a guard already. I mean, she's a big guard, but she's a guard already. Yeah, they need true. some of the big, like the bigger players. When I mean, you got like Stewie, that's Stewie, I was saying that because she rebounds for she's probably she's probably gonna be the best rebound for her position. Exactly. That's not really wasn't really a thing. Because it kind of started with Candace Parker a little bit just because she could handle the ball and you know we saw her dug it, but Stewie, she out there like one dribble pull up. <laughs> like the, pick and the, roll. the next time I see a meme who got the best pull up, Tracy McGrady. Uh, Kevin Durant, I need Brianna Stewart next on that. On that, because put some respect on her name, because her her pull up game is right there on that level. I think the game is gonna continue to get better. I do want to say I hope they need to work out something with their TV deals because I just feel like the NBA is that, that they should. It's the finals of the WNBA and the NBA, and they're playing the same days, but they should play on the same channel. And I seen some um, a couple weeks ago on Twitter. It might be about a month ago. It was um, a player was saying he was um, asking high school recruits, um, you know, who are some of their favorite players, and they were named like NBA players. Yeah, that's like, not surprising because they, you know, you, you still need access to watch them. Or the WNBA the finals is on the um, 
on ESPN. But uh, they got to just uh, – you got to find a way to get more TV deals, I feel, local yeah. TV deals. I think that's possible because it's got to be marketing there. If you can get local high school games on TV, you can get some WNBA games on TV. So shout out to Seattle. Go ahead and close it out. Get that championship. Four for the city. Maybe we'll get a uh, – Nope. All right. We ain't going to say it. <laughs> yeah. All right, what is uh, so should we go ahead and get into the Lakers now or should we go Doc? Yeah, let's go Doc. <coughs> I know Doc was recently had as the Philadelphia 76 ers Can't about that. Not even just because it's Doc, but because it's not Mike Dantoni. Signed a five year contract. Um, first thing, I, of course, rumors always get out there. What should do so? First, I seen people, first thing I want to say, I seen people saying that. Hiring a coach before front office is a terrible decision. I mean, Elsa Brand, as long as Elsa Brand is making decision, doesn't matter to you. Wait, but Philly, who yeah. they're trying to hire in the front? I don't office? know. You know, people think they should fire their front office. No, they they don't need to fire their front office. They need to either put give Elsa Brand more responsibility and let him do it and let him make some decisions, or put someone over him where they trust. So it's not on. I don't. I don't really like owners really making decisions for yeah. real because uh, unless they come to a certain point because even like you think people think mark cuban he's all he's he always had donnie nelson uh with him to a point to make re- really good decisions for dallas so he's involved but you need somebody else to make that decision yeah, like, that Carla, like who is their gm Carla, i don't know who their gm is now and I, i'm not even sure if donnie nelson is making moves but when they won the championship Don Nelson was like their president of basketball operations, or you know, he's an important figure there. You know, Jerry West with the Clippers. Um, usually, people had him. Mickey Harrison has Pat Riley or whatever. Yeah. You usually need those people, so I think they should. That's what Jordan. Needs. I, I agree. I do think he needs that also. Like he got a solid GM in Mitch Kupchak because Mitch, Mitch Kupchak is away from uh, the gym bus, so he can make some smart decisions. But they need a good president of basketball operations in Charlotte. So I think Philly would benefit from that too, because you know, that's just this is another eye help celebrity good talent. And their owners didn't come up in the game. So then they're gonna be making business decisions. They're not just making crazy decisions, but just like you said, look at the team and the splashes that they approved or they wanted to make. It's like just trying to build it too fast instead of building it up. So um I think that 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 could be that that'd be helpful there. But Doc is a good move. I mean, because mm-hmm. for one, Doc is a tie, like I know they just lost in the second round, so people are gonna be down on Doc. But is he not a top five coach in the NBA? I mean, are there five? Are there five better coaches? I think, I think you can just say that. I think they're they're no. like I, I, still, I don't think they are. I mean, you don't have Pop, Steve Kerr, Bolster, Rick Carlisle. I'm like who else? Cause no, yeah, I mean, nobody. Yeah, that's Nick Nurse. But I don't think Nick Nurse has been at it long enough. Yeah, when, yeah, and when you get Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens, like Doc has the same one championship that Nick Nurse has. He, you know, Tyron Lue got the same one that Nick Nurse has. So I would say Doc is a, and if he's not in your top five, you definitely got to have him in your top ten. And he's a coach that connect with players. But if Doc is available, you yeah, have to get, you have to jump on Doc. So. Yeah. Um, I think it was it was a good move. It was a move that that shows that you're trying to build some stability and some accountability with the players too, yeah. because you know Doc being a strong figure and a good strong black figure at that, 
I think he'll connect well with Indeed and uh, Ben Simmons. So and another, so that's NBA, I think it's a good move. Yeah, another NBA Twitter rumor I've heard is he's going to trade Ben Simmons to Minnesota for the number one pick. For, for the number one pick, I don't so think draft Lamelo Ball. I don't think it's a player worth Ben Simmons in this draft, and definitely not Melo. I, I wouldn't. I, I'm not sure where I would draft Melo. I personally wouldn't draft Melo at all. I don't. I'm not that high on the Melo. I think. I think in in the right situation he could grow into a player, yeah. and I hope he proves me wrong. But I'm not high on Melo. But back to Doc Rivers. So I seen two interesting quotes from Doc. One was uh, he said he wanted to push the pace. And another was about how Ben Simmons and Joel B with sixty five percent of the games they play in together. I agree with so, which means he clearly isn't trying to get rid of either one. He's yeah, gonna so have to kill those trade rooms. Yeah, and the push to pace part is very important because that's how you should have Ben Simmons playing. Right, like, and that's how they played when they were you know in those first two years or whatever first year. So they're really playing, and they were successful when you know the, the original team with Covington and. Sorry, yeah. uh, they they played fast, and then when they had to play in half court, they could play in half court because I mean, Joel still averaged 27. Think about that, he averaged 23 this year with how they played. So, and Ben, you know, Ben, I think he, I saw he said that he's gonna get Ben to attack more, which is just Ooh, not that's it, what you've been asking for, right? Yeah, he said, you know, he said, we're gonna figure out how to score. And he said, Ben clearly knows how to help people score and how to score himself. So he said his main thing is getting him to attack. It's not just shooting threes or whatever, because that's the big question. Is he going to shoot and just shoot the corner shot? No. Ben Simmons is an all-star player, and uh, I think people need to recognize that. He's been he's he's been in the NBA four years. He's played three years. He's made two all-star teams and an all-NBA team, and he's all-defensive all first team. And so the pieces are there, and I think he he, he docked. You know, they, I saw they asked him about his starting lineup. Well, first, I want to say about the 65% thing. I mean, before last year, Philly's starting lineup always netted like it was the highest rated starting five in the league uh, a lot. It was the year when it was Covington. Um, sorry. Sorry, be like we said before, J.J. Reddick. So, and and even uh, at the start with uh, Jimmy Butler during the season, they had a higher rating. It just dropped in the playoffs because stuff ain't missed how it was supposed to or whatever. So they won a lot of games together. I mean, they 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 advanced in the playoffs together. This year, no Ben, they get swept. You know, that's just kind of ha- how it happens this year. He got hurt. So, um, and but I think it's good that he's looking to play them together. It'll be interesting to see what they're going to do because I think they're going to try and make some moves. You know, it's talks with Buddy Hill. Yeah. Um, I like that. Um, you know, definitely. I think they – I don't think – even though Tobias' contract is massive, I think they're okay with keeping Tobias, especially it's if you can get off Al Horford. Because Tobias – you you know, Tobias' contract is massive. <laughs> it's enormous. But you knew that when you signed him. And Tobias is a serviceable player. Oh, I got more than serviceable, honestly. Al Horford, is it two with an option or is it straight three? Mm, that's a good question. I I don't think he has an option. I, I straight don't three, I see, because if it's two in the option, you can get rid of them. Right. They seem like, hey, well, maybe he won't sign back. But if you do sign back, it'd be for one year. Maybe we flip him for something else. Right. And but, honestly, maybe you can sell the team when he had a down year. He was trying to fit in at the four when really he's a five. He proved that he should be a five. 
and you can put them on a team that needs a five. It's just a matter of what you're going to get right. back for Al Horford and what are you looking for. I am fulfilling again another like kind of scoring guard, but yeah, I think I, yeah, like I like Buddy Hill there. It was another. I would like Malik Beasley there. I like Malik Beasley there. I, I think I even saw something like Ola Depot um, there. So, but I think Buddy Hill would be the best fit because you missing JJ Reddick, so you replace yeah. that with Buddy Hill. And Buddy Hill is getting better off the dribble every summer, every year. And he, he, he had a down year this past year, but Buddy Hill is clearly a talented player. He had a down year. He still was solid, honestly. I mean, and I, I think Buddy Hill would fit in Philly, and that like that moves Tobias back to the four. Yep. And um, Josh Richardson, like three. Right. So, or or off the bench, and you you got Matisse Thibel. Yeah, you know, when you're Josh Richardson to the bench, so that's true. You still got Thibel, so Philly team isn't broken at all. And uh, I think Doc is right. He's a good person to lead him. I think he's gonna bring accountability, and that's mainly what they need. You think he's gonna get Joel and be in straight? Uh, yeah, I think he's gonna require him to uh to to meet a certain weight level. I think it's well. yeah, that goes into that, that accountability as well. Yeah. Um, one real. What about the off, half court offense? You think he's gonna put Joel and Ben in more pick and roll situations just to get Ben attacking, or not even just with Ben, not even with just Joel, maybe with Tobias or some pick and pops. Right, Joel can pick and pop a little bit, but you think it's gonna be more pick and roll action in that offense? Right, and I, I think I think so. I definitely think he's gonna use Ben and Joel in some in some more pick and roll, pick and pops, and especially with Tobias. If you remember, Tobias was having the best year of his career under Doc. Um, yeah. he was almost an All Star that year. Uh, it was between him and Luke with the Clippers. Neither one of them made it, but he was having his best year. So I think uh, he he's going to use the, the players there. Like you say, he wants speed to pace up. And then when you get in the half court, you saw a lot of pick and rolls with DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul. Um, and even with this Clippers team, he did a good amount. He He's always had a big man. Right. So he's always had a big man. So I think he would know. Excuse me, how to use um how to use Joe. He's never had a, a post big man necessarily because even when he had KG, <clears throat> KG was never just a post up player. But he mentioned having KG and um having um um DeAndre Jordan. Um so I think Doc Doc he, he's gonna figure it out. I think he Joel's gonna be back over 25 next year, 20, 26 or 12, I would expect from him. All right, and on that note, we're going to hold it right there. Um, we get back into it. We're going to get into the Lakers series. We have a 2-1, 2-1 lead after the Miami Heat victory the other night. 2-1. Boom. What's going on? It's John W. And Fresh X. And we are the International Professional Podcasters, the Hoopers. What's going on, players? So we've been at this podcast thing for a minute now, and I'm pretty sure y'all are wondering, man, I don't know if I could be a podcaster, how much would it cost? But using the Anchor app is absolutely free. It's free and it's easy to do. You can record from your phone. You can record on your computer, even on your iPad or whatever you use. So it's super simple. Now you've got it set up. You know that you can do it. You're thinking, man, now how do I get listeners? How do I put it out there? Anchor also provides that for you, considering that they put you on different platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can't be international if people don't hear you. And they also set it up for you where you can make money off of your listeners, but no no minimum listenership. So all you got to do, go to anchor.fm, download the app, and everything you need is right here. So it's us once again, the international professional podcaster, John W. And Fresh X. You are the Hoopers. Peace out, players.
All right. So, uh, what was that? Sunday, Miami Heat got a vic- got the victory to uh, bring the series to 2 1. Yep, good win. Jim Butler had a 40 point triple double at the third player. Yeah, third player in finals history to have a 40 point triple double. Was uh, LeBron, uh, LeBron and Jerry West. Jerry yeah. West. Yeah, I saw I seen her. I don't want to be sure if it was Jerry West. Yeah. And this is the, he was the first trip, this first triple double without. A three-pointer. Yeah, he, yeah, he didn't take uh, not, he and didn't this, even this attempt Jim, the three-pointer. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he didn't even attempt one. So, and that goes to all y'all people saying you have to shoot threes. No, you don't have to shoot shoot threes. You have to be aggressive. Right. You have to play within your game, especially when you go when you have three-point shooters on the court. You know, you can't limit star players. You can't limit what right. they do. You got to let them do what they do. Yeah. And the people around them have to fit what they do best. Because what they do best is so much better than what anybody else could do. You need specialists out there. And like a lot of those passes Jimmy was making, they especially in the fourth quarter, he was making some big time passes. I have to give him a lot of credit for his facilitating in the fourth quarter. Like I know he was being aggressive with his scoring, especially when he got KCP on him. He just backed him down and got to his spots. But he made a lot of good passes to uh Kelly Olenek and um I think he hit um Trey Crowder for a good one. I know he hit on it for a couple of good ones, but he he was really out there hooping, especially in the fourth quarter. Like he he was going right at LeBron. Plus he was also guarding him on the other side. Um, they were trying to. I I I actually did want to mention this for a second because I got on LeBron about it, but they were trying to get him to switch uh, because they were trying to get Duncan Robinson on LeBron because that's the matchup problem. But Jimmy was fighting the switch so hard, and even when they did got it, he was staying to help. Um, or whatever, so he was determined to stick by LeBron, and, and you know, um, I thought LeBron should have did the same on the other side. The Lakers play a switch, everything type of defense or whatever, but some, sometimes the picks aren't even switch worthy, and you can get through them, and he kind of just let Jimmy go, and Jimmy just picked on KCP, especially down the stretch. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was uh, – it was it was what it was a pleasure to watch Jimmy play this game. Honestly, he he looked really good out there. Uh, I I honestly didn't think I could see him play that type of game. I got yeah. I, I put him up a couple of notches watching him play. Jimmy's a big time player. Yeah. I already knew that, but I gained I gained more respect for him. Like and he I, and to keep help to for him to keep building his case. Excuse me, of being considered a superstar, he does need those games like where you just. Take over. He's the first player. Final. He's the first player. First player going against LeBron in the finals to outscore him, get more rebounds, and get more assists. Though, mm. like, and um, it, it's funny he bounced back in this game because I, <clears throat> excuse me, I looked at him in game two. He had a good game in game two. I think he finished with twenty seven, like eleven or thirteen assists, eleven assists, something like that. But I remember just looking at the game and I'm like, dang, Jimmy. Jimmy had a good game, but I feel like it was like something missing. I was yeah. just like, you know, he he played well. I was like, you know, sometimes you just gotta do. It is it's like he's doing all he can do, right? But it's yeah. like you you just gotta do more sometimes. Yeah. Like I know I know you pass the ball, you got people involved, but and I know you're not a thirty point per game scorer for real, but you know sometimes a superstar player you gotta go out there and do that. And for him to bounce back and do that last game. Feel like it just kind of proved that for me. Yeah. So I was talking to eggs about it, and I was like, "Man, because I hadn't watched the game at that at that point." I went back and watched it later, and you like, you know, you didn't really see the game. He was like, "X said, you know, you didn't really see the game. You know, Jimmy was getting people involved. He was efficient with his shots. 
you know, I go back and watch the game. I'm like, yeah, but then they still lose. And then he come back the last game and like to be efficient, still get people involved. But you, the more shots is being more aggressive. Like, I think that's what kind of gets lost when people just think about scoring, you know, and they don't get why people look to scoring. Like, oh, y'all yeah. care about the score. And this game is like that because, like I said, he had 27 mm-hmm. and 11 the first game. But for but this last game he has forty because it's just that next level of being aggressive. That's just really yeah. putting that team on your back. No, it's uh, really aggressive, aggressively efficient. Right, because like you say, you and only it. I just feel like only so many people do it to that level too. Yeah. Like not to as Stephen A. would say, poo poo. Not to poo poo at twenty seven and thirteen, but he come back and get forty. Like it's in you, you know what I mean. So that's why we look at the twenty seven. But like you could have did more. Yeah, that's how you get yourself to. That's how you get people to consider you a superstar. Right. That would make LeBron different. You know what I mean? Because he do that. Because you sometimes, like, sometimes 27 or 13 will get you a win. Right. Even in the finals, that'll get you a win. But sometimes you got to go for You got to go 40. And you know what? I think that's what's so unappreciated uh, about the game. People always say we're going to miss this stuff. Miss I, I miss people doing that type of stuff. I feel like I've seen it a little more in the, in the bubble, especially with Jamal Murray early. But I don't think people really recognize because everybody gets the superstar tag. Mm-hmm. But you don't really remember when players had to end the playoffs. Like, they didn't just get 25, you know what I mean, when they team needed them. I can remember Vince Carter getting 40. You know what I mean? Iverson go get 40. Paul Pierce would get 40 because you got to go to the next level in the playoffs. And I think Jimmy's proven that he's one of those players, especially with Sam and um, Drogic out. Yeah, especially with them out. And and I, I remember coming to the game, especially seeing that they was out again. Like, dang, this is killing it for me in the finals because, you know what I mean, I, I had the Lakers in six. But uh, I feel like, you know, Miami was coming shorthanded. And Jimmy uh, stepped up, you know, also stepping up. And I didn't get why he really didn't play uh, against Boston. It's Kelly Olenek. You know, he he had 24 in game and two, 17 last like, night. It's not too many bad matchups with him defensively. For I mean, right. of course, he's gonna have a hard time guarding a Jason Tatum or Gordon Hayward. Right. But you can leave him out there because he also spreads the floor. He right. Push the ball up the court. He is, you know, 16, 6'9", 6'10", 6'11". He has good size. Right. Like saying he's a he's a good shooter for a size in position, like a really right. good shooter. Right. So I thought uh, I thought Kevin Olenek stepped up well for them. Yeah. Um, I thought he should have played from. From the get go of the series, he should definitely play game one. Yeah, I think he should. And I think, and and especially just having those other bodies too to put on AD because it's not like you don't guys. So you can get out of that zone, so exactly. I think they 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 were so reliant on that zone against Boston, and I'm saying it's because Boston's like you playing kids. You can't play no zone against no grown man. I'm just, I'm just, uh, no disrespect to nobody. It is what it is. And I just think, just truthfully, the Lakers are too big for his own against. They grown men. Like, <laughs> you not like, playing no zone. You put, LeBron, you put LeBron in the middle at six nine. He can see over your back line. Right. And then you got Anthony Davis who can throw it up. But, I mean, Jason Tatum six nine also. But he ain't no grown man. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> well, now back to, uh, back, back to, now nah, back to. The but to your point though, playing those big men. Those Especially with and we'll get not even with LeBron's size either, though, but with his passing ability. Right. Like, as soon as he turns his head, he's looking for who's either AD crashing from the block yeah. or somebody on the weak side, weak side shoot. Because they play him in the post a lot to yeah. pass. So that yeah, that zone was really killing them. And, but I just think having those more having those more bodies to throw at AD and they're tall, um, it, it just would really help. They, I think they kind of came into this series 
with the Boston mindset. And then, um, I mean, and then maybe you were trying to see what was going to work too. It was game one. Yeah. So you trying to see what's going to work. And you then, don't expect Bam to get three fouls. And then, and then get Bam getting hurt more than anything because yeah, maybe he was going to go to bigger bodies anyway, but Bam yeah. gets hurt. So you don't really know what move Spolster was going to make for the next one or whatever. You He was trying to see how they reacted to the zone. So, but um, I want to kind of, I guess, move into the Lakers side of things. Anthony Davis was looking like the finals MVP. Uh, you know, first game came out strong, 30-15. Second game, he had 32 through three quarters. I don't even think he scored the fourth. Uh, he, he he was so dominant through the first three. Or whatever, then he comes out last game. I know early foul trouble. But he finished with 15, I think, uh, or whatever. And uh, uh, LeBron had a triple-double. What do you notice kind of missing from the Lakers in, the, in, in this last game to take this loss? Obviously, and, Anthony Davis. <laughs> and um, the unsung hero is always Rondo, because it was it was yeah, just, Rondo. I always make a shot. It's like you gonna make them shots, Rondo. Especially in the playoffs, it was like Miami didn't necessarily pull away into the end for real. Like, um, the Lakers had some chances here. Then they got. I remember it was down. They were down eleven at one point. They got it down to eight and five. Mm-hmm. Then the two. They took the lead. Yeah, they got right. up 74 72, I yeah. think it was. And it was like, all right, they're finna put Rondo in. Rondo's finna break this shit down and get another victory. But to Jerry Butler's credit, he didn't let that happen. Right. But Anthony Davis and Charles Barkley said it, and then Anthony Davis hit the shot, and then Charles Barkley's a fool. Anthony Davis. He doesn't get in his own head, but Anthony Davis still is a very not lax player. Like he doesn't relax, but he doesn't always go get it. Honestly. Right. I think he, Anthony, I, I yeah. think he gets it when he like when he feel like it's already not necessarily easier, but when it's like he not picking up scraps, but it's like LeBron in it. I can kind of move around a little freer. But if like they kind of looking at you with more than one set of eyes and like really focusing on you, like you cut through the lane a little bump here, um, somebody cut get you, you get cut off here, you get front of there, now you kind of out of the game. If you, especially if you haven't gotten a duck yet, right? Like, I think <clears throat> Anthony Davis, uh, like you said, Chuck said what he said about him that he made the shot, but then he came back the next game and did what he did the next game. I think he has points where he doesn't completely take over. And um, that was what he was supposed to learn from LeBron. But LeBron is also in this weird space where he is trying to get this ring and this finals MVP. So you're trying to elevate Anthony Davis while trying mm-hmm. to answer your legacy at the same time. Because I think everybody sees that they're at their best when Anthony Davis is their best player. Mm-hmm. And they're really playing through him. He's being aggressive because he's the ultimate mismatch on their team. He's probably the second most hardest player to guard in, in the NBA after Kevin Durant. I mean, because he, he can do a little bit of everything out there. So, like I said, you pick up the early fouls, but once you get to the second half, you have the fouls. It is what it is, and you kind of play. Um, but to go six for nine, that means you're, you're making your shots. You're being efficient. I think – I believe he got one shot in the fourth quarter. He missed the only shot that he got, but they didn't. they weren't really going to him either. I think he has to step up and in those the time where you gotta be aggressive and you gotta say, hey, let's play through me. Especially with Bam being out also. Yeah. Like especially with Bam being out, 
Y'all can't just play through LeBron trying to just go ice on Duncan Robinson because that's not the best matchup because they're still looking at looking at everybody. Yeah, I think they need to play to Anthony Davis. I think he got to yeah. speak up. I think, you know, he, he hasn't wanted to completely, you know, during the season he said LeBron was the MVP. LeBron was his favorite player growing up. Uh, I know Rachel Nichols said how he sent LeBron this heartfelt text before the, the finals. So he looks up to LeBron, clearly. And he his younger brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it's time for him to kind of to step up and take LeBron to the championship. He's not carrying him. I was just running through what he do. He had 25 and 10, 25, 10 and 8 last night. But they're their best when they play through Anthony Davis. He's their best player. Just imagine if LeBron give you the 25, give you that, and then, but Anthony Davis just gives you 25 as well, 27 points. Just not. That's what he did in game one and game two. 30. What he had, 34 and 32? Yeah, just match whatever. Just, just match LeBron. What are you doing? But they, I think they have to play through them also, too, because in the fourth quarter, you have to call those plays for them. And I think LeBron should have should have saw that, especially once what he was trying to do wasn't working for him. They just kind of kept trying to force the, the switch on Duncan Robinson thing, mm-hmm. and Jimmy wasn't going for it. So I'm playing through Anthony Davis. So I think that's what they were missing. I think he really needs to step up. And I changed my heat in – I mean, Lakers in six to Lakers in five, and I'm sticking with that. So, I'm still going Lakers in six. So uh, I got, but I got the Heat winning the next game, so it can be six. If if the Heat wins game four, I'll probably pick the Heat in seven. I ain't going that far. Yeah, I pick the, if the Heat tied this series. The up, Heat will have to take the lead for me to go. The which they they had to win two, and of course for you the know Lakers people. to win in six. Yeah, but if the Heat because and I'm I'm looking at the fact of, of Bam. Even when Bam comes back, and even though he's a big player for them, they still can use Bam in a way where he's just helpful on the court, but he's just gonna add to what they're doing. Yeah. Anthony Davis is gonna has, have more than 15 points. Because it still has to say about Jimmy Butler. Right. Anthony Davis is gonna have more than 15 points. Thanks. But I don't think Jimmy's aggression level is gonna go down. And once you just add Bam to that, and Drogic, I would take the heat at seven. Yeah. But I expect the Lakers to win this game, go three one and close them out four one. Like I said, I got Miami in the next game. Like, get the next two. I hope Miami wins. But, of course, you know, people bring it back to Dwayne Wade, 2006. Uh, versus the Mavericks saying they're going to get four in a row. Uh-huh. Win six. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Hey, I, I just – it would be amazing for the Heat to win. It, amazing for Jimmy's legacy. If Jimmy won this championship, I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's gonna start getting that kind of conversation if he wins. Yeah. Finals MVP, he's already a multiple time all-star, multiple all time all defensive team. But all them I I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he had one two, he's one of two players with more career steals than fouls. So this this is gonna put you in because you're already Going up to that way, yeah. this will put you a Hall of Fame status, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. So I think so. So and I, I I wouldn't mind if he was still on Philly, but I'm not mad that he gone. You know, everybody said Philly should apologize to him. He uh, it didn't work. He didn't like the coach. So hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Why are you looking at? Oh, uh, he's three time All NBA. Yeah. Yeah. One championship, he went to Hall of Fame. Yeah. So um, just to before we end, I had one more thing I want to talk about. Um, did you see anything for about Kyrie over the past week? 
Yes, yeah, uh, I'm just saying you brought that up. I saw some of the stuff because he said what he said about the coach and the shot. I actually listened to the whole podcast. It, it's funny that I think I don't know if I said this yet episode that Kevin Durant had a podcast because uh, he's such a podcaster. I always thought he would do well with a podcast. So yeah. I, I listened to the whole part one and part two. It's about two hours. But yeah, uh, it was because he said it. They're going to have a head coach. Yeah. I think that's. And I think people, when I hate hearing people talk about Kyrie because they always get away from basketball or what the current statement is and bring up the Celtics or LeBron or him believing the earth is flat. And it gets away from him. And, it, and then and it's kind of like they're insulting him because it's like, what's wrong with him? Y'all say that LeBron can sit there and talk with the coach. That kind of makes like, you know, why can't Kyrie, to what Kyrie is saying is him, Kevin Durant, and Steve Kerr getting ready to talk to each other about what they want to do on the court, basically. Right, and uh, Kevin Durant added Jack Vaughn to that, too. Yeah, I think every championship contending team can admit that they all their coaches work in collaboration. But it's with what Kyrie said. It's like, oh, he's being a headache because Steve's a first-time coach, so he's disrespecting them and all that. But, I mean, just look at Steve Kerr. Letting Warriors players draw up plays during the regular season. Did we forget this? Um, so it just happened last season. When you have, when you have, their their team isn't going to be a young team. It's going to be a veteran team that's competing for a championship. You're going to collaborate with with your players. So, um, and then I think with the relationship that they kind of already have with with Steve Nash too. Excuse me, I know Kyrie said he worked out with him just once. Um, you know, him, he was a player development coach with the Warriors, so Kevin Durant knows him pretty well. I think they're going to work They gonna work together. So listen to the whole podcast and just listen to what even some other people around the league, uh, just some players I've seen say some stuff about it. I think most people get what Kyrie said, but with him, with him saying what he it's said, Kyrie, though, it's Kyrie. He's the headache. Uh oh. Steve Nash better get ready for this one. Kyrie don't think they got a coach. He he never right. He never said they didn't have a coach. Right. But I think Steve Nash is gonna be huge for Kyrie. I think Kevin you know, KD said that also because um just just being the extension of himself on the court. And that's what so, you want your point guard to be, right? Right. The extension of the head coach. And it was funny. I heard Kyrie. Uh, you know, he was talking about himself and handling the ball and want to be more efficient. He says, you know. Even he knows more efficient. Yeah, he how said, more efficient can he get? Right. He said even he knows when he's dribbling too much. Oh, that's oh, what he said. oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I'm glad he's. So yeah. He, he, he said even he he's aware when he's dribbling too much. And he said you know he doesn't try to do it all the time. You know there's a showmanship side of it. People, yeah, are, yeah. people are buying tickets and there's a I know I I'm, I need to move the ball. So he said he thinks Steve Nash should help him get better with that. So Steve Nash. Yeah. And then. uh the other thing was that he said there wasn't a point in his career he don't think uh, he played with someone that he think could make the shots at the end of the game that he can make. Um, I'm not surprised he said that because I get what he said with that um, as far as because everybody points to LeBron. Oh, he played with LeBron. You don't think LeBron can make the shots? I think he thinks he's a much better shooter than LeBron. <laughs> like I think it's kind of more of that than oh, I don't trust LeBron to take the shot. And then I don't think he thinks he's like KD is as good of a shooter as him. I mean, Kyrie is the person that told Kobe and he was dead ass serious, I'll beat you one on one. 
I'm not surprised if he feels like he's a better shooter than LeBron. So I don't think it was a shot at LeBron. I just think he and and then he he also has alluded to just his selfish way of thinking as a younger player, also thinking he had to do more or whatever. I can see him thinking I'm the best option at the end of the game, so I should take the shots. Yeah. So um I I got what he was saying, yeah, but again, yeah. it's Kyrie and oh that's his shot at LeBron and everybody oh well why would you say this and but, like they they acting like he just brought it up on his own, um, it, it, but he they's like oh he it's funny he's saying it at this point because LeBron's in the finals, like bro he answered the question and my thing is I even like how he was breaking down with going to the offense talking about how you can get him in one three pick and roll and yeah everything like he was like talking like you literally said. Like we just gonna play basketball for real. They always say you gotta listen to the whole thing. You can't just read the quote. Like it's, it's it's Kyrie. Stuff. But even the uh, the guy uh, Eric, I think his name Eric Gonzalez, uh, that did the pop the pop with KD. Even before you asked him the question, he said, "Can I ask you the cliche question, the viral question?" He so he already knew what was gonna happen with it. Um, he knew it was gonna go some type of way with that. So I think the funniest thing on there though was. Uh, he asked him who he went in one on one, and uh, Kyrie was like, you know, he's left out there feeling good some days. And Kevin Durant was like, well, I guess it's good. We both feel good because I feel like that every day. <laughs> so they that was funny. I can't wait to watch them play and see who yeah. they add to the team yeah. next year. We're I think I think they both genuinely like like, especially like Kevin. He he's a real detailed player, but when he talk about players on the team, he always mentions. Like everybody, so he knows people games and people you expect to be there. Like he mentions uh Joe and Tori and, and like he, he goes into detail. So the Nets are gonna be an intelligent team next year. I wouldn't be surprised. They'll probably be high assist next year too. Mm-hmm. They add, very efficient. Right. And if they add Buddy Hill to Bradley Bill, they win in the championship. Or or Ola D I've seen Buddy Hill, Bradley Bill, Ola Depot. Um and I saw another guard, but yeah. Uh, you got anything else today? <sighs> Nothing else. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good for today. Shout out to Doc Rivers, uh, the new Philadelphia 76ers head coach. Mm-hmm. I like to see a black man as a coach of my Big favorite friends. team. Big um, I believe he's the first black coach that's been there. <laughs> think about their coaches. <laughs> no. Was Mo Cheeks their coach? Mo Cheeks, yeah, Mo Cheeks coach for that. So there you go. My bad, Mo Cheeks. Shout out to Mo Cheeks. But uh, man, shout out to Amsterdam, Singapore, Germany, Tokyo, Canada. where Canada, Canada. Yeah, shout out to Canada. Um, Netherlands, the exactly. Netherlands for sure. Um, um, Australia, Australia, Hong Kong, Ireland, Brazil, Estonia, Estonia. Child, Africa, Puerto Rico, Colorado, DC, um, New York. There's a lot of Hoopers in New York, Hoopers in Jersey, Seattle. Shout out to, definitely shout out to Hoopers in Seattle, Florida, Alabama, Michigan. A lot, a lot of Hoopers in all, those are the three prime hoop spots. Uh, Chicago, Hoopers in Chicago, Texas. Yep, Texas. It's awesome balls in Texas for real. Right, yeah, it is for sure. So, shout out to uh, Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, Jer- we said Jersey. We did. Yeah, shout out Jersey. So, oh, shout out to Hoopers, Hoopers in Jersey. Oh, yeah, but shout out Jersey. That was terrible. <laughs> right. Horrible. Nah, sure.
But yeah, that's all I got for today. John Davies. Fresh X. You are the Hoopers. <laughs>